You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Before we get to today's show, a reminder to join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and take a look ahead to next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Thursday, June 24th, and we are officially in NBA mock draft season. With the draft lottery done on Tuesday night, experts of all over the place are now releasing a more realistic mock draft based on need. Um, And so we're going to get to a couple of those today here in just a second. Also today on the show, we're talking about the Gonzaga guard rotation and who I think is most likely to get minutes and why. And of course, as promised, we will finish the show by going through a bunch of recruits that Gonzaga just missed out on. Before we get to all of that, though, let's get to some news and notes, and let's start with those mock drafts that I just referenced. Um, Several of them, and we'll kind of just go through the three main ones here, uh, came out on Wednesday morning, and so let's do the three big ones that I want to talk about. First is CBS Sports' Gary Parrish. He's got Jalen Suggs going number two overall to Houston, and he's got Corey Kisper going number 22 overall to to the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. The Athletic with Sam Bassini. He's got Suggs dropping to number five, going to Orlando, and Corey Kispert at number 10, going to New Orleans. USA Today also has Corey Kispert going number 10 to New Orleans, and Jalen Suggs going number three to Cleveland. I've also seen several others have Jalen Suggs going four to Toronto. So Suggs is going two, three, four, and five, um, depending on the mock draft that you looked at. And then uh, Corey Kispert, he is a Really, really wide range, anywhere from 10 to the early 20s. Corey Kispert on Wednesday certainly uh, got off to a good start in the draft combine and is certainly helping himself with a strong performance there. Chad Ford from ESPN, he tweeted out that Gonzaga's Corey Kispert measured a 37 and a half max vertical and Corey Kispert had the second highest score in the combine so far for the shuttle run. So a good showing so far for Corey Kispert, hoping to get his name back into the uh, the lottery as opposed to the the you know low to mid twenties, which it seems like it's kind of dropped since the national championship. I still think he's the best shooter in the draft and the easiest plug and play guy. There's a lot of really good spots um, for him to fall. We're going to talk a lot of NBA draft stuff over the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. One little piece of scheduling news that came out on uh, Wednesday, I believe, is that Gonzaga is no longer going to host North Florida. They were supposed to host North Florida last year. Of course, that game got canceled because of the pandemic. They were supposed to push it back to this year. Now, for whatever reason, that game's not happening at all. So the North Florida game is gone. I believe, as of now, there's only one um, buy game that is officially uh, under contract, and I think that's Northern Arizona. There were talks with Tarleton State, who they were supposed to play last year, and Bellarmine, who they were supposed to play last year. I'm not sure that either one of those are necessarily confirmed quite yet. Uh, they very well could be by the the you know beginning of the season, uh, but those are kind of the names to watch right now: Northern Arizona, Bellarmine, Tarleton State, and then of course they'll add you know a handful of other uh, buy games before the start of the non-conference season. 
In case you missed it, the big news on Tuesday, Gonzaga launched what they are calling Next Level. It's an initiative that is going to help student athletes build their brands when this name image likeness stuff goes into effect, which it inevitably will at some point because the NCAA came out this week and basically said that it needs federal help. It needs federal help to put together some sort of consistent ruling because some states uh, here in the U.S., their NIL bills go into effect July 1st, which is next week. And obviously, this is what Mark Few was talking to Congress about and what several others have been talking to the congressional committee about over the last couple of weeks now. This new Gonzaga Next Level program is going to focus on five things. These are the five things they mentioned in their press release. Personal brand management, financial literacy, business and entrepreneurship, social media, and NIL legislation. Basically, it's a way for athletes to capitalize on their name, but by doing so smartly. And one of the things that Mark Few really hammered home in his statement to Congress a couple weeks ago was that Gonzaga does everything they can to help support student athletes on every level, from healthcare to mental health programs to academic support. And now they're kind of getting ahead of the game here and they're helping student athletes create and sustain their brand, which in turn creates and sustains a source of money. And I think the overall well-being of a student athlete at Gonzaga, no matter what sport they're in, that's kind of been a point of pride for the entire athletic program. And it's also a very, very Jesuit way of thinking. Um, And that kind of Jesuit way of thinking bleeds into a lot of the aspects of the school, which is why a lot of us love it. So it's cool to see Gonzaga has a plan in place here to help their athletes navigate what is sure to be a very, very different and very, very crazy time coming up here shortly. All right, up next, we're going to talk about Gonzaga's guards. I've got two different questions I want to address that kind of blend into one another when it comes to Rashir Bolton, Dom Harris, Hunter Salas, and Nolan Hickman. So let's do all that and let's do some good old fashioned speculation. Before we get there, today's episode is being sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and the NBA and the NHL are approaching their finals, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online in your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to a title. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts use promo code Locked On. Okay, so I want to answer a couple questions about Gonzaga's guard rotation. Let's start with this one, which I got a couple weeks ago because it blends nicely into something that I got asked this week. I have a question about Salas and Bolton and their playing styles. They seem to be somewhat similar players to me, but I'm wondering what your take is. It is a really, really good question, and I think it's a little bit tougher to answer not knowing exactly how Salas will translate at the college level quite yet, But here's what I'll say about Rashir Bolton. He is a ferocious downhill scorer. He excels in transition. He excels attacking the rim off of ball screens. He's incredibly, incredibly efficient shooting the ball inside the arc. And he's better than Salas in that regard. Salas, on the other hand, is likely the better passer of the two. 
Bolton has never played on a team this good. Um, but uh, in his prior three years, he certainly had turnover issues in the past, and he's typically been better off the ball looking to score. Salas can certainly score for himself, but he will drive to distribute more than Bolton will, if that makes sense. Bolton is looking a little bit more to drive to score, and Salas is looking a little bit more to drive to dish. Um, I think Salas... May also be the better perimeter shooter already, but again, we won't know that until he actually plays at the college level. Uh, he's a really, really good mid-range shooter already from what I've seen, so hopefully that translates over to the three-point line at the college game. Bolton has never been a big deep threat in his college career. He shot 32% his last two seasons at Iowa State. Um, so I guess in short, what I'm saying is kind of what I just said, Bolton... He's going to drive to score more while Salas is going to distribute the ball a little bit more. So both are question marks from beyond the arc, but both are incredibly explosive players in open space and they excel in transition. Both of them on the rebounding front are um, very strong, very active. So I don't really think there's a clear advantage one way or the other there. And then on the defensive end, everything I've seen from Hunter Salas points to him having elite defensive abilities down the road. Of course, I'm not sure that's going to happen from day one, but I think he's got a very, very high defensive ceiling, just like Dominic Harris. Bolton, on the other hand, is just okay defensively. Nothing really special at all. So I'm going to give Hunter Salas the nod defensively. The biggest issue, of course, comparing these two players, is that Rashear Bolton's about to play his fourth year of high-level college basketball, and Hunter Salas is a very raw freshman, which leads me kind of into the next part of this discussion, which is to rank these four players in terms of who is most likely to least likely to start or get the most playing time. And those are Rashir Bolton, Hunter Salas, Dominic Harris, and Nolan Hickman. And to me, the number one option is Bolton because it's hard for me to imagine a fourth-year guy who was an all-Big 12 performer for him not to contribute right away. He is, like I said, incredibly, incredibly good in open space. That's what Gonzaga does and creates best. So I think he's going to fit in really, really nicely. And so that leaves us with Dominic Harris, Hunter Salas, and Nolan Hickman. And I still think Dominic Harris tops that list right now because of his one-year experience in the program. Right now, I, I don't honestly, I don't know what I said last time I did this, but right now my starting lineup for next season would be Andrew Nemhard, Rashir Bolton, Dominic Harris, Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. And the reason I like Harris is because Gonzaga needs shooting in that starting lineup. And Harris could be the best shooter on the roster, not named Chet. Brian Michelson, he seemed very high on Harris in his interview with The Athletic a couple weeks back with uh, Dana O'Neill, saying that he could be the best one-on-one -on -one defender they have as well. So I'm going to take his shooting ability and his defensive ability and his one-year experience in the program and I'm going to put him ahead of Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman. If you want to talk about the, just those two guys, I've been on record on this podcast multiple times since both of them committed, saying that neither one of them is going to be a one-and-done player. Hunter Salas is still very raw offensively. And Nolan Hickman is a true point guard who's got Andrew Nemhard playing basically 30 to 35 minutes in front of him. So I would put a small wager on both of those two guys being in a Gonzaga uniform in the 22-23 season. 
Hunter Salas, like I've mentioned many times as well, is a freak athlete and what I think is the bounciest guard to ever come to Spokane. He is just jumps through the roof. By all accounts, Nolan Hickman is an elite um, ball handler in ball screen situations, which is what Gonzaga does best. Um, so with a year or two to develop, I think both of those guys are going to just be incredible, incredible players um, when they're ready to jump into that starting lineup as sophomores and kind of take the reins of the program. But in terms of this coming season, honestly, it just kind of all depends on how quickly they can earn Mark Few's trust. And Jalen Suggs kind of set a little bit of an unrealistic expectation on how good a freshman can be uh, because Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman are not Jalen Suggs. Very few people will ever, ever be Jalen Suggs again. Chet Holmgren might have that kind of impact, um, but Hunter Salas and Nolan Hickman, they've got some work to do. Um, but the, you know, the, the, the fun part, I think, as somebody who follows the program, is that I really can't wait to watch how they develop and how they come in um, and compete as freshmen and how they learn and how they grow their games um, and how they're going to contribute for this roster this season and for seasons down the road. All right, coming up to finish the show, we're going to put a final bow on our recruiting rankings by giving some of the names that Gonzaga just missed out on over the last 20 years. I guarantee I've missed a couple, but these are the ones that I came up with with the help of the great Joshua Schwader, one of our listeners. First, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's episode also being sponsored by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. They're coming out with new flavors all the time, so get to Built Bar and try a mixed box. Get a whole bunch of different flavors in it. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health-conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, we just finished yesterday ranking all 23 Mark Few recruiting classes. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But what about the What If recruiting class? With the help of Gonzaga superfan and listener of the show, Joshua Schwader, we have put together a group of 10 guys that Gonzaga just missed out on for whatever reason. Of course, there's more than 10, but here are the 10 that I want to talk about. Let's get to it. Number one, Luke Ridenour. Luke Ridenour was the one guy that Mark Few kind of lost sleep over. And um, he's told this story before. Once he realized that he wasn't going to be able to 
get players, basically steal players from Pac-10 schools. Pac-10 at the time is when he decided that he needed to change uh, his recruiting strategy. And Luke Ridenour was the one that kind of influenced him to to change that strategy. Um, and then also changed Mark Few's outlook on recruiting where it's like if you don't get the one guy that you really really want it's not the end of the world um so that was kind of the one guy that mark few really really wanted one of the the highest rated prospects at the time and he did and did not end up getting him so of course that has to put him on the what if all-time recruiting class another one number two guy grievous vasquez grievous vasquez basically was uh lured to the united states by tommy lloyd and he was always going to come to Gonzaga once he was done with his high schooling. The problem is that he went to the high school that he went to was on the East Coast and he became super, super comfortable on the East Coast and he be, built a, a really good relationship with the Maryland coaches. He wanted to stay on the East Coast as opposed to coming out to the West Coast. So he went to Maryland and the whole, the, you know, the whole point of him coming to the United States in the first place was to um, go to high school and then come to Gonzaga. But because he felt very, very comfortable where he was on the East Coast, he ended up going to Maryland, having a fantastic career at Maryland. I believe he was the ACC Player of the Year by the end of his career. Uh, but it would have been incredible to have uh, Grievous Vasquez and Matt Bolden together in a recruiting class uh, post Adam Orson. Those two guards together would have been absolutely phenomenal. And who knows where they could have gone. Number three is Jordan Farmar, talking about another guard that Gonzaga just missed out on. Jordan Farmar had a final three of Gonzaga, UCLA, and Florida, and Florida was a very, very distant third. He thought about going to Gonzaga incredibly, incredibly hard uh, back in what, 2004, 2005, whatever the year was, the mid-2000s. And um, he said he went to UCLA at the last second just because of UCLA's history. And Gonzaga just didn't have that history quite yet. Um, and of course, Jordan Farmar was part of that 2006 UCLA team. And he led that UCLA team with 15 points and six rebounds in that Sweet 16 win over Gonzaga. If he were on the other team and Jordan Farmar got to play with Adam Morrison and J.P. Batista and Derek Rivio, that team probably would have won a national championship. So, of course, Jordan Farmer has to be on the all-time what-if recruiting class in Gonzaga history. Brandon Roy also on that list. Brandon Roy and his parents visited Gonzaga back in November of uh, 2001. And Brandon Roy's final three was Gonzaga, Arizona, and Washington. And, of course, uh, Brandon Roy... A local of the Seattle area ended up going to University of Washington, but still enough interest in Gonzaga. Gonzaga pushed very, very hard for him. Um, so, of course, he has got to be on this list as well. Joe Harris. Joe Harris grew up a Gonzaga basketball fan, and uh, he was um, the Washington Class A career score. He set the career scoring record at the Washington Class A level at Chelan High School. He was named Mr. Basketball by the Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association and the Gatorade Washington Boys Basketball Player of the Year in 2009 and 2010. But Gonzaga did not really go after him, and neither did the Huskies. And so Tony Bennett, who was at Washington State at the time, he was really the only guy in the state of Washington that really went after Joe Harris. And of course, Tony Bennett ended up going over to Virginia. Joe Harris followed him over to Virginia. Joe Harris had a great career there. He's now having a great career in the NBA. But he grew up a Gonzaga basketball fan and wanted to go 
to Gonzaga and Gonzaga just didn't really offer him um, a spot. So I think that's really, really interesting. If they did, uh, you know, what could have happened? Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard had a little bit of interest in Gonzaga, but Gonzaga ended up going with Dimitri Goodson. Um, At the time, Damian Lillard obviously went to Weber State, put up 30-something a game over there, and is now an NBA superstar, one of the best players in the NBA. That, my friends, would have been really interesting if Damian Lillard uh, would have gone to Gonzaga. Two international players we've got to talk about, and number one is Mario Kassoun, and he was supposed to be the next big thing for Gonzaga back in 2000. Seven-footer from Croatia, was going to be an absolute monster for them. He came over from Croatia and was never deemed eligible by the NCAA after a year. He ended up going back to Croatia, played a couple years there, was drafted by the Clippers in the 2002 NBA draft, played three seasons with the Orlando Magic, you know, averaged less than 10 minutes a game, but he still had a cup of coffee there. Uh, But then he returned back to Europe and has been playing uh, in Europe basically ever since until he retired a few years back. But he was supposed to be the next big thing, uh, seven-foot center. Of course, they ended up getting Roni Turioff like two years later, so all was good. Uh, but still, definitely one of the, the more hyped players that everybody was really, really excited to see at the time, and it just never worked out. Another international player, this guy is from France, and this happened less than 10 years ago, is Matthias Lasort, six-foot nine, 240 pounds, a really big forward And he came from France, and his two options, if he were to enroll in the United States, would have been Gonzaga, and it would have been NC State. Those are the two schools that he was talking to, and Gonzaga was rumored to be the heavy favorite there. And he decided that he wanted to stay overseas and keep playing in France. He was drafted by the 76ers a couple years later in the 2017 draft in the second round. Never played for them, got stashed away in Europe where he's still playing today. Uh, but it would have been interesting to have another six foot eight, you know, 240 pound body playing for Gonzaga in that uh, probably would have been that 2015 and 16 season. And obviously with Shamar Karnowski going down in 2016, that team needed uh, another healthy body. So it would have been interesting if Lasort would have been on that team. And then the final two guys on this 10-man what-if roster are two recent guys from this past recruiting class. Number one is Paul Banchero. Banchero, it seemed like Gonzaga was in his final three, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he committed to Duke. Didn't announce a commitment date or anything. It was just all of a sudden, Duke was the winner, uh, which was really interesting. But they really, really pushed hard for Banchero. Obviously, Gonzaga is going to be okay because they got Chet Holmgren. I think the one that they miss more is going to be Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler, they missed out on the first time around when he went to North Carolina. And then they missed out again on the second time around when he ended up going to Auburn out of nowhere. It seemed like it would have been Gonzaga the whole time as soon as he announced that he was transferring from North Carolina. Um, But for whatever reason, he decided to go to Auburn. And I think it was because he wasn't going to get much playing time this season. The problem is that he would have gotten a ton of playing time, would have been the starting center most likely next season. Um, so I don't, if Walker Kessler's idea was that he wanted to only play one more year in college, then sure, Auburn was going to give him the best chance. But if he wanted to get a few minutes this year and then be basically the focal point or one of the focal points of the offense in the 22-23 season, Gonzaga definitely could have used him next season. So an interesting decision by Walker Kessler, but I do think that that is um, worthy of uh, a spot on this what-if recruiting class. So those 10 guys, 
Luke Ridenour, Grievous Vasquez, Jordan Farmar, Brandon Roy, Joe Harris, Damian Lillard, Mario Kassun, Matthias Lasort, Paulo Banchero, Walker Kessler. Those are the 10 guys that I've come up with on the what-if recruiting class all-time for Gonzaga in the Mark Few era. Of course, there's many, many others. Feel free um, to tweet me after this episode with all of the people that I've missed, or at least the, the most egregious ones. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. As a reminder, no show tomorrow on Friday and no show on Monday because I'm taking a much-needed vacation uh, over the next few days. So we're going to be back on Tuesday morning and again on Wednesday morning and then Friday. So next week is Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. We're going to talk a bunch about the NBA draft next week. We're going to talk about the FIBA U19 World Cup and the Olympic tournaments because a lot of that stuff is going to be going on next week. And then we'll talk about whatever else comes out over the next five days over the weekend. Don't forget, you can tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they are talking about the Atlanta Hawks continuing to shock the world. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also write and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at scargo. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas you want me to talk about, Feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy the long weekend away from my voice. We will see you back here on Tuesday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.